Words fill a page. Pages fill a chapter. Chapters fill a book. Every decision, big and small, writes the story of your life. Unfortunately, some people leave portions of their story unwritten. Sometimes that's why you need to go ahead and take the risk. My story, I decided to go. Well, good morning. Welcome to LifePoint today. My name is Donnie Williams. I'm the lead pastor here. And if you're here for the first time, I would love to meet you in our welcome experience on the left as you're on your way out today. Uh, take five, 10 minutes and come on in and say hello. And you can hear a little bit about our church. And you can even leave your kids over where you checked them in for that extra 10 minutes. So if nothing else, a few more minutes of peace and you can come on in and find out a little bit about our church. So we're in this series, uh, clo- actually closing it out today, called My Story. And what we've been talking about is how everybody's life tells a story, but why don't you make your life a story worth telling? So several years ago, some guys got a bunch of 95-year-olds in a room together, and they asked them one question. They said, if you could hit the rewind button and go back and live life all over again, what would you do differently? And of course, they had a bunch of different answers, but they pretty much fell into these three categories. First category was answers that said things like, we would enjoy life more. We would not work so fast and much and feverishly. Another category was, we would risk more. We would take more chances. We would live life like an adventure. One person said, you can't pick the fruit unless you're out on a limb somewhere. That sounds like they would say sunny after that, doesn't it? Third category was we would do something with our lives that if that would live on long after we're dead and gone. So here's the big thing we've been talking about over the last three weeks. Everybody's life tells a story. And you have within your control to make your life a story that's worth telling. Because every one of us in this room, we want to live a life where we feel like it counts, where we feel like we're making a difference. I don't know about you, but I don't want to get to be one of the 95-year-olds in the room and look back and think, oh, I wish I would have done that differently, and I wish I would have done that, and I can't believe I never made that decision. I can't believe I kept with that bad habit. I can't believe I never did those tiny little things that I should have done to make a big difference in the future. That's not what I want to look back and see. I want to be able to look back and say, hey, I'm glad that happened, and I'm glad that happened. I'm glad I made that decision. We all want our lives to be something meaningful. About 50 years before the birth of Christ, there was a Roman politician named Cicero, and he said this, the life given us by nature is short, but the memory of a well-spent life is eternal. So it's always been in the thoughts of mankind to make a difference, to leave our mark on the world. And living a life that creates a story worth telling, it doesn't happen by accident. We have to make the decisions that allow that to happen. So throughout this series, we've used this as the big idea. So if you're here for the first day, this is what the last couple of weeks have been about. Today's decisions write tomorrow's story. Whether it's a small decision that you need to start to make some adjustments in your life, whether it's physical or spiritual or relational, those small decisions over time have a a cumulative effect 
of positive change in our lives. And it'll tell the story that we're going to live. Maybe the decision you need to make is to stop something that's harmful to you. Stop something that's holding you back. Stop, them, stop, stop something that's allowing relationships in your life to flourish. So this week's not about starting or stopping. This week is about going. It's about taking a big risk, a big, bold step of faith, a chance or an adventure that maybe you've been waiting on or holding back on. So we're going to look at what happens in a life when we make the brave decision just to go. What comes into our lives when we do that? How do we do that? If you're a football fan, you had to love football. Even if you're not a football fan, you probably enjoyed football last weekend watching those uh, NFL games that had these just big dramatic endings. And don't we love it when an underdog comes back and wins the game? Or when it's a last second play and somebody just does something they didn't even mean to do, but it just all comes together in spite of any obstacle or ability and they win. I think we love those stories so much because we know that inside of each of us, there's something that finds ourself there, that we want to win in spite of the obstacles in our lives, that we want to create this big story with our life that says, yes, they made great decisions. Yes, they had obstacles, but they endured and they overcame and they learned how to get around it. See, jumping in life is sometimes the hardest decision we'll ever make making a decision to go and do that thing or make that decision in our life may be the scariest thing you've ever done. But just imagine you're down the road in life, whatever that means for you, and you look back and you say, I'm glad I made that decision and that decision. Wouldn't it be great to look back? I've lived long enough where I can look back and I can see some decisions I made to go to exercise faith, to take a big step in spite of not knowing where it was going to end up, to take a risk. And I know where those decisions led. I didn't know at the time. It was, they were scary decisions. But now I can look back and say, oh, if I had to make that decision right there, who knows where I would be today? One of those decisions happened when I was around 21 years old, a couple months after I made a decision to follow Christ and turn my life around. Uh, these guys in my college group at the church I was attending said, Donnie, you need to go on a mission trip with us. And I said, well, what do you do on a mission trip? Well, you tell people about Jesus. I don't anything about the Bible, but I can tell people about Jesus because he's changed my life. Well, how much does it cost? 2,600 bucks. It's like, well, I don't have 2,600 bucks. And they go, it's okay. You ask people for money and they give it to you to go on mission trips. And I was like, really? Like, they'll just give me money? Yeah, you just, you ask friends and family uh, and ask other churches. Maybe they'll give you money and you can go. And I was like, well, I, my family made me go to this little church growing up. So maybe, maybe, you know, they'll give me money to go on this trip. And, and I can ask a few other people and I can have the money for this mission trip to Northern Scotland to tell people about Jesus. And so I go to this little church that I wouldn't even say grew up in. I was jerked up, made to go to that church until I was a young teenager and I didn't do it anymore. But I, I went back and I, I went to that little country church and I sat in front of these leaders. And so I said, I want to go on this mission trip to Scotland. And they said, well, you've only been a Christian for a couple of months. How in the world could you teach somebody the Bible? And I was like, oh, I can't. 
Like, I don't, I don't know anything about the Bible. I mean, I kind of know where books are and Old New Testament, but I couldn't use it to teach somebody, but I could tell somebody about Jesus and what he's done in my life. Because they knew, like, they were like, you know, local kid makes good and actually does something with his life because they had seen me at my worst and, and here I was, a different person, and I'm sitting there and there's a bunch of men sitting in suits and because in that day, that's the only kind of people that can make decisions in a church. And so they, they were sitting there in, in chairs and they were looking at me and asking me all these questions and making me feel like I'm an idiot because I don't know what that verse says and where that thing is and how to turn to it and show somebody. But I kept saying, I can, t- I can tell somebody what's happened in my life. I want to go do this. I want you to help me. And so I had to make that decision right there that day. Am I going to risk it and ask and go? Or am I going to go with these fears that were inside of me that I wasn't good enough? That maybe they had a point. Maybe it would be a waste of time. So even though they were expressionless, I took the risk and I asked because there was something deep inside of me that said, you have to go do this. You must do it. In the book, Chase the Lion by author Mark Batterson, he says this, you are one idea, one risk, one decision away from a totally different life. Of course, it'll probably be the toughest decision you ever make, the scariest risk you ever take, but if your dream doesn't scare you, it's probably too small. The entire book is based on an obscure character in the Old Testament named Beniah, and Beniah killed a lion after chasing it down. And so that was so inspirational to this author, he writes a book about it, and it's based on 2 Samuel 23, verse 20, where it says, there was also Benaiah. He did many heroic deeds, which which included killing two champions of Moab. Another time on a snowy day, he chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. And so this author uses lions to illustrate dreams that we never pursue, God given talents that we never develop the big leaps of faith in our lives that we never take. So I read that book every couple of years because here's the big question for every one of us because we all have a lion to chase. What's yours? What's the area of your life where you just need to go? Because not everybody does that. Some people stay in, in, and are comfortable with fear and just stay in their comfort part of life and never go and never make the big decision. But even those of you who have held back and not made the big decisions to change and the big decision to take a risk, there's something inside of you that says, go, I need to do this. But you hold back and let fear paralyze and you don't make the decision. Guys, you don't ask her out even though you want to. You don't say what you're thinking. Sometimes you shouldn't say what you're thinking, but you don't say what you're thinking. You don't confront. You don't take the job. You don't buy the stock. You don't take the financial risk. You don't sit with your spouse and say, honey, here are my dreams, and here's where I want to take us. Sometimes the best decision you can make is to go when it would be a lot easier to stay. It might be easier to stay, but the best decision you could make is to go to get out of that bad relationship. I'm not talking about marriage. Don't go home and say, hey, the pastor said, hey, get out of this thing, let's do it. But maybe your going is getting out of a bad relationship before you walk down the aisle and make a decision. I cannot count the amount of times that people have sat in my office throughout all the years and talked to me about their marriage issues. 
And so many times the thought in my mind that I would never say out loud to them, but I will to you is, you should have never gotten married in the first place. Like, it's, it's really difficult to make a decision to end things now. You should have ended this before you ever got to the place where you're walking down the aisle. So maybe you need to end something before it gets to that place where getting out of it is way more consequential in life. Maybe you need to get out of that job before another 10 years go by. I remember early in life reading some author that said, why stay in a job that you hate? Why do something that doesn't fill you up for the rest of your life? So you're not designed just to get by. You're not designed just to be okay. You're designed to thrive. You're designed to make a difference. So why stay doing something that you just hate doing? Life's too short for that. So go, do something else. Make the plan and do it. Students, if you're a student, especially high school students, maybe you need to go away from one set of friends that prevent you from making the right decision before your regrets get deeper and deeper and deeper. Maybe the hardest thing you'll ever do is say, these friends, this person is no good for me. I need to move away from them so I can live the life I'm supposed to live. That may be the biggest leap of faith you'll ever take, but I guarantee if you make it to 95 and you're looking back, you'll say, that was one of the best decisions I ever made is to get around the right people. College students, change your major now before another four years goes by. Now, don't go into your parents and say, hey, Pastor Donnie said, I know, Dad, this is number three, but I think this is the one. This is the one. If you, if you want to quote me, go ahead, but do it before it gets too late. Do it now. Take the step because you might be one decision away from a story that you never thought was possible in your life. As we've already learned, today's decisions write tomorrow's story. See, going for it is not only something you should do, it's something God wants you to do. God wants you to position your life to use the gifts he's given you in a way that makes a difference in the world. That's what he wants for you. And for many of us, it requires, actually for all of us, it will require at some point to take a big step of faith. That's what going is. It's taking a step of faith. It's taking a step without knowing what, where you're going. You may know the direction, but you don't know the twists and turns. It's moving in a direction when you can't see the outcome, but you're moving in it because you have to, you must. Now, for some people, that invigorates you. You don't need to know the future. You just make decisions day to day, and you're okay with not knowing. Now, for some of you, that paralyzes you to think, well, I don't know. You mean you don't know what's, where it's going to be in the year? I have no idea, but we're going to do it. Like that scares some people to death. Bury your fears, conquer them, and beat the lion, kill the lion, and move beyond them. And if you follow Christ, you've got a, a big assurance that comes directly from him. Because if you're a follower of Jesus, he says to you the same thing he said to his disciples when he was sending them out into the world to spread his gospel to the rest of the world. And he told them it would be tough. He told them it would be scary. He told them they would be persecuted and mistreated, falsely accused. But he said something that gave them hope and strength and confidence to go even though they didn't know where it was going to end up. He said, I am with you always. And that's the same thing he says to us. 
If you follow Christ, you have this guarantee that going means that he's always with you. One of the greatest promises in the Bible and the biggest steps of faith is from a guy named Abram or Abraham. His name changes the same guy. And we can't talk about faith and what it looks like without using this story because some of the greatest statements about faith in all of Scripture come from Abram and his life. So there's some Bibles coming down right now. Just raise your hands if you don't have one. If you would like a Bible, that's yours to keep. You can also follow along on the screen. But here's what happened. Abram was a wealthy guy. Abram, like most of the world at that time, did not worship the Lord. But God had a different plan. God saw potential in him. God was ready for him to go and take that leap of faith. And so this is what God says to Abram in Genesis chapter 12. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land I will show you. So this story begins with God making it really clear. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go. Now, he didn't say, I want you to go. Here's step one. And then I want you to do this. Here's step two. And then I want you to do this. He just said, I want you to go. And along the way, I'm going to show you what to do. Now, just imagine you're Abram's friend and he comes to you or you're his father or brother or mom or sister and he comes to you and he says, hey, God told me to go, but I'm not sure where. Well, what are you supposed to do? I don't know. I'm just supposed to go. Well, where where are you exactly going? Well, I'm not sure. He said he would show me along the way. When will you get there? I don't know that either. He said he would show me. Here's the reality when it comes to taking big steps of faith. When I think about people who go, who take these huge leaps of faith, we have to admit there's a part of us when we see people do that, that we think it's a little irresponsible. In our culture, especially in our Western culture, we think when somebody takes this big step of faith and doesn't look like they've planned everything out perfectly, we see that as a little irresponsible or maybe a lot irresponsible. Because here's what we say, this is how life should go. Hey, early on, we need to put you in schools before school starts because we need to get you ready for college. I know you're three, son, but we got to get you ready. And if you can kick a ball, throw a ball, or put a ball in the baskets enough time, maybe you'll get a scholarship. So let's start that now too. And we're going to do that. And then we're going to put you in the best elementary school so you can get highly, highly educated and you can achieve a lot. And, and, and then you're going to get in the best middle school. You're going to get in the best high school and you're going to study hard. And if you're good at sports, you're going to dedicate your life to that because you might get a scholarship and I don't have to pay for college. Then you're going to go to college and you're going to figure out what you're going to do for a major so you can make money. And then you're going to get a job and you're going to start that job and you're going to start making money. You're going to save some of it because eventually you're going to retire. And when you retire, wherever that is, you're going to want to move to a warmer climate. You're going to want to get a condo and a golf cart and learn how to play golf. And then you're going to die. Anything outside of that, we look at it and say, that's irresponsible. Because we had plans from preschool to death here, and you're getting it off track, and you can't do that. And we would say, what do you mean you're not doing this? Just, Just the other day, a young girl, senior in high school, said to me, hey, I'm thinking about taking the year after high school and doing mission work instead of going to high school. And I was like, do it. That is awesome. I mean, instead of going to college, do it. Take that year between 
high school and college and take it off and go do that mission work. It'll change your life. And her parents' eyes were like, like, don't come to the pastor's house anymore and never ask him that question again. But I was sitting there like, do it, do it. Because when else in life can you make a decision like that? No, it doesn't fit in the line of how we think responsible living should go. But I'm not talking about morals. I'm talking about living out a dream and discovering what God has for you. And for her, if it means taking a year off to do mission work between high school and college, then do it. Figure it out, plan it, and then do it. But for some people, that sounds irresponsible. For others, it sounds like a huge leap of faith. Several months ago, and God's never spoken to me audibly, never has. Kind of hope he doesn't. That sounds scary to me. But I do have a sense of his Holy Spirit nudging me to do things and to say things and, and to move in a certain direction. And through a lot of discernment, you can have that same thing. But several months ago, I was just journaling some thoughts, and I wrote down when I was thinking about the future, not only opportunities for our church, but opportunities for me personally, my family, I just wrote down the phrase, leap, but don't look. Leap, but don't look. Now, I didn't know what that meant at the time. I just felt like that, that's just something I need to own and something I need to really step into. Now, for our church, as far as it's concerned, you know that as what we call unfinished is kind of what developed out of all that time alone with God that I had last spring. And it developed as this idea of our church doing things we've never done before and reach more people than we've ever reached. But personally, it had implications as well. All because I said, I'm just going to leap. I don't know where it's all going to end up, but I'm going to leap. And in this moment for Abram, he had a choice. Do I go or do I stay? It's a decision really we all have to make to take a step towards our destiny. In other words, what God has for us or to retreat back into security because it's my longing for security that keeps me from taking the big steps that I need to take that'll make the biggest differences in my life. Anybody that ever did anything great with life and wrote this beautiful story, you will hear somewhere along the line, they had to take a step of faith. They had to leap out there and go, not knowing where the bottom was, not knowing how it was going to work. They had to give up security to move towards their destiny that God had for them. And that's what Abram did when he says, okay, I'll go. See, choosing to go was taking a step out of security, but into all that God had for him. I mean, think about it. It would have been unsettling. He had to sell everything. He had to pack up everything. Had to develop this caravan and become nomads and just travel. So a legitimate question would have been, God, why can't we just stay here? Why can't I just stay in the comfort of where I am? We have a choice. When we have opportunities in front of us, or steps that we need to take. We can go by faith or we can let fear keep us in the same place we've always been. And we're ready to make a big decision. When you're at the edge of a big decision, whether it's you're getting married or you're starting a business or you're choosing a major or you're moving to some other area of the country or something new and big is happening in your life that'll change your story forever and we know it's time to go, the temptation is to not go. The temptation is to make excuses. 
Now, I've shared with, with many of you, and I've shared from this platform, that my wife and I are entering this world of foster care. We don't have a child yet, and our, and, and our prayer is that God brings a child into our home that they can be with us forever. And we can make a difference in that child's life. And it's just a, a feeling that we felt like we need to do this. This is something God is calling and pulling us to do. And last Friday morning, we had our first like official meeting that like has a child's name and face and picture and all that. And, and Thursday night, I went to bed going, what in the heck am I doing? What am I thinking? And I look at my wife, what are we thinking? She's like, I don't know, what are we thinking? And we're sitting there like doubting. Because you know why we're doubting? We're doubting because it's a lot more comfortable not to do that. It's a lot more comfortable not to go through that headache, that expense, and all the things that come with that. But maybe God's writing a big story. And we got up Friday, we had the meeting, and it was clear this is what God wants us to do, and we're excited about it again. But there's going to be moments, I know, where we slip back and think, I would really like to just do the secure thing and not do this. You probably face the same kind of emotions when you make big decisions. You'll do the same. You'll come up with excuses not to do what you should do. It can be difficult. But remember, today's decisions write tomorrow's story. And when I think about the life of our church and our life personally, what kind of stories is God writing because of the decisions we're making today? So Abraham decided to go. He went and did exactly what God told him to do several times throughout his life. And thousands of years later, when the New Testament was written, in the book of Hebrews, there's a, a couple of lines about Abraham, and here's what it says. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed God when God called him to leave home and go to another, another land that God would give him as his inheritance. And this is the kicker. He went without knowing where he was going. He did the irresponsible thing. He went without knowing where he was going. Hey, I'm going somewhere, but I don't know where. Well, that's not smart. You need to know where you're going. You need to have a plan. You need to write it all down. No, I'm going without knowing where I'm going. We would look at Abraham and say, you're a fool. Like, why would you do that? That's not smart. It's irresponsible. He didn't just go. He went with a promise, though. He had a promise from God himself that said this way back in Genesis 12. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you'll be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. And he went. And it all happened just the way God said it would, even though Abraham had no idea the hard choices he would have to make, the seemingly irresponsible decisions he would have to make for his family. So what story won't be told in my life because of the chance I'm not willing to take? You should write that down. What story won't be told in my life because of the chance I'm not willing to take? Whether it's a, a business decision, a change, a relationship decision, a mission trip, something that's been digging deep inside of you for a long time that you know you need to do. And if you haven't taken that step yet, here's what you need to know. You can always find an excuse not to, but you can always find an opportunity to. How many of you, 
Now, let's do a show of hands. How many of you have written down when you have to make a big decision pros and cons? Here's all the pros. Here's all the cons. We all do that. Now, we're making the list, so we can always make it look however we want, right? Because we make the list. I've made those lists so many times in my life, and not one time did it have a huge bearing on the decision I was going to make. So instead of making pro and con lists that we know what they are anyway, why don't we make two columns next time you have to make a big decision and make one that says excuses and the other one that says opportunities and make your decision off of that. I think if we did that, we would exercise the faith that God's given us a lot more. Now remember, I am not telling you to leave your spouse. Don't email me. I'm not saying that. Don't let this message, hey, Donnie gave me exactly what I needed. I'm going to work this out now. I'm done. It's more complicated than that, and you know that. Don't go up to your mom and dad and say, I'm quitting school because did you hear what he said? I would advise you to approach that a little differently if that's what you're going to do. But what is the step that you need to take? For some of you, you know, I know what the step is. You need to follow Jesus. You need to put back all those fears and all what other people are going to think and, and just do it. Just follow Christ. Just surrender and say, I have not done a great job leading my life, or maybe you have, but now let him lead your life. Maybe that's the decision you need to make. Next week, we'll celebrate baptisms. Maybe that's the decision. And what baptism is, it's the symbol of you being lowered into water and raised up, but it's got a lot more behind it than just being dunked down in the water and raised back up. It's you surrendering and saying, God, I, I, I can't lead my life, but you can. It's you saying, I want the world to know that, that I was dead and now I'm alive again because of Jesus Christ. And take that step and just do it. Maybe it's do something as simple as lead a group. You're no longer just in a group. Now you're going to lead a group and take that leap of faith. And you may not know a lot about the Bible, but there's a lot of resources to help you learn that and share that and lead people. If you lead corporately or in your job, I don't see a reason why you wouldn't be leading spiritually because God's provided you with everything that you need. And guys, ask her out. Or girls, maybe ask him out. You can do both those things today. Just ask them out. Go up to her, guys, and say, I want to go out. Even though your palms are sweaty, even though you're afraid of rejection, just do it. Wouldn't you rather ask and be rejected than go, man, I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have done that. Maybe for you, it's, it's a big career change. Maybe it's entering the ministry. Maybe you see what we do up here and you feel like you have the skills and the foundation to think, maybe I could do that. Doesn't look that hard. Maybe I could do it. We have five full-time people on our staff that used to be people that just attended our church and they served in a volunteer area. They made a difference. They still attend our church. But one day I went up to them and I said, here's what I see in you. I see this and this and this. And because of that, I think you should leave your job and I think you should join me on this church staff to help people connect with God. And you have to take a big pay cut to do it. And I've convinced five people to do that. And I want to convince more people to do that. Because I bet if every one of those five came up here, they would say I'm alive, more alive now than I've ever been. Because I'm living what I'm called to do. Maybe it's learning a new skill, making a big career change, or going on a mission trip. 
We have a mission trip coming up. you hear more about this next week, but mission trip coming up to the church we're planting in Ecuador. You can even meet the kids that you sponsor. You'll have an opportunity to do that next week as well. Every church we've planted in Ecuador, this church has come together and sponsored every kid that's at that church through Compassion International. And I see no reason why the third one won't have the same results. But just like God promised Abraham, if you do this, big things are going to happen. And you'll be more alive than you've ever been. You know, one of the most tragic things we can do to our kids as they're growing up in our homes is to teach them how to live life safely. To teach them how to just get by and be safe. Now, I'm not talking about moral decisions or physically harmful decisions, but I'm talking about those emotional, relational, spiritual decisions that we teach them to be safe, but we're not doing them any good in the world, if we're not teaching them, make big decisions. Take big, bold leaps of faith and see what God does with that. Here's what, here's what tends to happen to us. We say, God, I will do this for you if you will do this. We make God promises and we say, hey, I'll do this if you do this. Many years ago, I had a friend I was getting close to and he was a really strong corporate leader and And I felt like, man, I I know most people, you should stay in your corporate job and lead from a spiritual perspective there. But this guy was like really good at what he did. And I thought, if your skills came into the church, you could really help the church move forward. And he said, oh, I've thought about that. And people have asked me about that for years. As soon as I get $3 million in the bank, I'll do it. He's never done it. And he probably has more than that in the bank, but I'm sure the numbers change by now. So, it's not, God, I, if you do this, then I'm going to do this. That's not how it works. It's just taking that step, no matter what the consequences are, and going. So I sat there in that room in that little musty church with red carpet and hardwood pews, and I sat there, and I, conv- I tried to convince them, I can tell people about Jesus. Don't know a lot about the Bible, but I can tell them about Jesus because he's changed my life. And they said, okay, son, why don't you go out for a minute? We're going to talk. And I was like, great. You know, figuring out how to tell this kid no. I walked back in the room and they handed me a check for $2,600. The whole thing. And I was like, I could do this fundraising thing. I like this. That was relatively easy. But it wasn't about asking those old guys. It wasn't about the 2,600 bucks because I went on that mission trip to Northern Scotland and there was a night we had our devotional time and I'm sitting on this hillside and the sky in Northern Scotland is beautiful at night, that time of year. And I'm just looking up at the stars and I distinctly remember that was the first time I started asking God the question, am I supposed to be in ministry? Is that what I'm supposed to do with my life? Am I supposed to lead people spiritually? Is that what you want? because I had a whole different career path at that point. So when I look back and I think, what if I had not taken that risk? Because if they hadn't given me the money, I wouldn't have, I had no way of getting 2,600 bucks. I didn't have it. And if I had not taken that risk, I might not be standing here today because that led to another big decision. And then that led to another big decision. And that's one of those pivotal times where I said, I'm not going to stay in comfort. I'm going to ask and see what happens. And what happened was God used that in such a way that I believe it changed the entire trajectory of my life. See, we're not changed by making promises to God. We're changed by believing the 
God's promises to us. That's what changes us. When we believe that he really is going to do something with our life, that when we step across the line of faith and follow Jesus, things really do change for the better. That's what changes us. Here's something to believe. Jesus said this to his disciples in John chapter 14. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the works I've done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. So I've taken a responsibility this year to, to provide you with opportunities outside of sitting here that'll make a big difference, not just in our community around us, but in your life. And so almost every week you're gonna hear something that here's an opportunity for me. Here's an opportunity maybe I can take, maybe I can do. And it's gonna be one of those stories years from now, like asking old men for money that led to this and led to that. And I want to provide those opportunities to you so you can make those decisions that will write a better story with your life. So maybe it will be the mission trip for you. In a couple of weeks, we're starting a new series called Love Where You Live. And it's all about how to love and spread the good news of Christ to those that are closest to us. Like, what if Jesus, when he said, love your neighbor, actually meant my neighbor? The people that are right around me. What if that's what he meant? And what if you start to live like that? There will be opportunities that you never thought possible and God will use you in ways that you never dreamed if you just go. Some of you know what it is exactly today that you need to do. And some of you will discover that in the coming weeks and months. Everybody's life writes a story. Make sure yours is one more telling. Let's pray. God, thank you for this inspiring story of Abraham making big decisions of faith. May that motivate us to do the same. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.